story two of jim the story of a backwoods police dog and other stories by charles roberts this librivox recording is in the public domain story two the eagle he sat upon the very topmost perch under the open-work dome of his spacious and lofty cage this perch was one of three or four lopped limbs jutting from a dead tree trunk erected in the centre of the cage a perch far other than that great branch of thunder-blasted pine out thrust from the seaward-facing cliff whereon he had been wont to sit in his own land across the ocean he sat with his snowy gleaming flat-crowned head drawn back between the dark shoulders of his slightly uplifted wings his black and yellow eyes unwinking bright and hard like glass stared out from under his overhanging brows with a kind of darting and defiant inquiry quite unlike their customary expression of tameless despair that dull world outside the bars of his cage that hated gaping inquisitive world which he had ever tried to ignore by staring at the sun or gazing into the deeps of sky overhead how it had changed since yesterday the curious crowds the gabbling voices were gone even the high buildings of red brick or whitish-gray stone beyond the iron palings of the park were going toppling down with a slow dizzy lurch or leaping suddenly into the air with a roar and a huge belch of brown and orange smoke and scarlet flame here and there he saw men running wildly here and there he saw other men lying quite still sprawling inert shapes on the close-cropped grass or the white asphalted walks or the tossed pavement of the street he knew that these inert sprawling shapes were men and that the men were dead and the sight filled his exile heart with triumph men were his enemies his jailers his opponents and now at last he knew not how he was tasting vengeance the once smooth green turf around his cage was becoming pitted with strange yellow-brown holes these holes he had noticed always appeared after a burst of terrific noise and livid flame and coloured smoke followed by a shower of clods and pebbles and hard fragments which sometimes flew right through his cage with a vicious hum there was a deadly force in these humming fragments he knew it for his partner in captivity a golden eagle of the alps had been hit by one of them and now lay dead on the littered floor below him a mere heap of bloody feathers certain of the iron bars of the cage too had been struck and cut through as neatly as his own hooked beak could sever the paw of a rabbit the air was full of tremendous crashing buffeting sounds and sudden fierce gusts which forced him to tighten the iron grip of his talons upon the perch in the centre of the little park pond some fifty feet from his cage clustered a panic-stricken knot of eight or ten fancy ducks and two pairs of red-billed coot all that remained of the flock of water-birds which had formerly screamed and gabbled over the pool this little cluster was in a state of perpetual ferment those on the outside struggling to get into the centre those on the inside striving to keep their places from time to time one or two on the outer ring would dive under and force their way up in the middle of the press where they imagined themselves more secure but presently they would find themselves on the outside again whereupon in frantic haste they would repeat the manoeuvre 
the piercing glance of the eagle took in and dismissed this futile panic with immeasurable scorn with like scorn too he noted the three gaunt cranes which had been wont to stalk so arrogantly among the lesser fowl and drive them from their meals these once domineering birds were now standing huddled their drooped heads close together beneath a dense laurel thicket just behind the cage their long legs quaking at every explosion amid all this destroying tumult and flying death the eagle had no fear he was merely excited by it if a fragment of shell sang past his head he never flinched his level stare never even filmed or wavered the roar and crash indeed and the monstrous bufferings of tormented air seemed to assuage the long ache of his homesickness they reminded him of the hurricane racing past his ancient pine of the giant waves shattering themselves with thunderous jar upon the cliffs below from time to time as if his nerves were straining with irresistible exultation he would lift himself to his full height half spread his wings stretch forward his gleaming white neck and give utterance to a short strident yelping cry then he would settle back upon his perch again and resume his fierce contemplation of the ruin that was falling on the city suddenly an eleven-inch shell dropped straight in the centre of the pool and exploded on the concrete bottom which underlay the mud half the pool went up in the colossal eruption of blown flame and steam and smoke even here on his perch the eagle found himself spattered and drenched when the shrunken surface of the pool had closed again over the awful vortex and the smoke had drifted off to join itself to the dark cloud which hung over the city the little flock of ducks and coot was nowhere to be seen it simply was not but a bleeding fragment of flesh with some purple and chestnut feathers clinging to it lay upon the bottom of the cage this morsel caught the eagle's eye he had been forgotten for the past two days the old one-legged keeper of the cages having vanished and he was ravenous with hunger he hopped down briskly to the floor grabbed the morsel and gulped it then he looked around hopefully for more there were no more such opportune tidbits within the cage but just outside he saw half of a big carp which had been blown in twain by a caprice of the explosion and tossed up here upon the grass this was just such a morsel as he was craving he thrust one great talon out between the bars and clutched at the prize but it was beyond his reach disappointed he tried the other claw balancing himself on one leg with widespread wings stretch and struggle as he would it was all in vain the fish lay too far off then he tried reaching through the bars with his head he elongated his neck till he almost thought he was a heron and still his great beak was snapping hungrily within an inch or two of the prize but not a hair's breadth closer could he get at last in a cold fury he gave it up and drew back and shook himself to rearrange the much dishevelled feathers of his neck just at this moment while he was still on the floor of the cage a high-velocity shell came by with its flat trajectory it passed just overhead swept the dome of the cage clean out of existence and whizzed onwards to explode with a curious grunting crash some hundreds of yards beyond 
the eagle looked up and gazed for some seconds before realizing that his prison was no longer a prison the path was clear above him to the free spaces of the air but he was in no unseemly haste his eye measured accurately the width of the exit and saw that it was awkwardly narrow for his great spread of wing he could not essay it directly from the ground his quarters being too straitened for free flight hopping upwards from limb to limb of the roosting tree he regained the topmost perch and found that though split by a stray splinter of the cage it was still able to bear his weight from this point he sprang straight upwards with one beat of his wings but the wing tips struck violently against each side of the opening and he was thrown back with such force that only by a furious flopping and struggle could he regain his footing on the perch after this unexpected rebuff he sat quiet for perhaps half a minute staring fixedly at the exit he was not going to fail again through misjudgment the straight top of the roosting tree extended for about three feet above his perch but this extension being of no use to him he had never paid any heed to it hitherto now however he marked it with new interest it was close below the hole in the roof he flopped up to it balanced himself for a second and once more sprang for the opening but this time with a short convulsive beat of wings only half spread the leap carried him almost through but not far enough for him to get another stroke of his wings clutching out wildly with stretched talons he succeeded in catching the end of a broken bar desperately he clung to it resisting the natural impulse to help himself by flapping his wings reaching out with his beak he gripped another bar and so steadied himself until he could gain a foothold with both talons then slowly like a dog getting over a wall he dragged himself forth and stood at last free on the outer side of the bars which had been so long his prison but the first thing he thought of was not freedom it was fish for perhaps a dozen seconds he gazed about him majestically and scanned with calm the toppling and crashing world then spreading his splendid wings to their fullest extent with no longer any fear of them striking against iron bars he dropped down to the grass beside the cage and clutched the body of the slain carp he was no more than just in time for a second later a pair of mink released from their captivity in perhaps the same way as he had been came gliding furtively around the base of the cage intent upon the same booty he turned his head over his shoulder and gave them one look then fell to tearing and gulping his meal as unconcernedly as if the two savage little beasts had been field mice the mink stopped short flashed white fangs at him in a soundless snarl of hate and whipped about to forage in some more auspicious direction when the eagle had finished his meal which took him indeed scarcely more time than takes to tell of it he wiped his great beak meticulously on the turf while he was doing so a shell burst so near him that he was half smothered in dry earth indignantly he shook himself hopped a pace or two aside ruffled up his feathers and proceeded to make his toilet as scrupulously as if no shells or sudden death were within a thousand miles of him the toilet completed to his satisfaction he took a little flapping run and rose into the air 
he flew straight for the highest point within his view which chanced to be the slender soaring spire of a church somewhere about the centre of the city as he mounted on a long slant he came into the level where most of the shells were travelling for their objective was not the little park with its zoo but a line of fortifications some distance beyond above below around him streamed the terrible projectiles whinnying or whistling shrieking or roaring each according to its calibre and its type it seemed a miracle that he should come through that zone unscathed but his vision was so powerful and all-embracing his judgment of speed and distance so instantaneous and unerring that he was able to avoid without apparent effort all but the smallest and least visible shells and these latter by the favour of fate did not come his way he was more annoyed indeed by certain volleys of debris which occasionally spouted up at him with a disagreeable noise and by the evil-smelling smoke clouds which came volleying about him without any reason that he could discern he flapped up to a higher level to escape these annoyances and so found himself above the track of the shells then he made for the church spire and perched himself upon the tip of the great weather vane it was exactly what he wanted a lofty observation post from which to view the country round about before deciding in which direction he would journey from this high post he noticed that while he was well above one zone of shells there was still another zone of them screaming far overhead these projectiles of the upper strata of air were travelling in the opposite direction he marked that they came from a crowded line of smoke bursts and blinding flashes just beyond the boundary of the city he decided that upon resuming his journey he would fly at the present level and so avoid traversing again either of the zones of death much to his disappointment he found that his present observation post did not give him as wide a view as he had hoped for the city of his captivity he now saw was set upon the loop of a silver stream in the centre of a saucer-like valley in every direction his view was limited by low encircling hills along one sector of this circuit that from which the shells of the lower stratum seemed to him to be issuing the hill-rim and the slopes below it were fringed with vomiting smoke-clouds and biting spurts of fire this did not however influence in the least his choice of the direction in which to journey instinct little by little as he sat there on the slowly veering vein was deciding that point for him his gaze was fixing itself more and more towards the north or rather the northwest for something seemed to whisper in his heart that there was where he would find the wild solitudes which he longed for the rugged and mist-wreathed peaks of scotland or north wales though he knew them not were calling to him in his new-found freedom the call however was not yet strong enough to be determining so having well fed and being beyond measure content with his liberty he lingered on his skyey perch and watched the crash of the opposing bombardments the quarter of the town immediately beneath him had so far suffered little from the shells and the church showed no signs of damage except for one gaping hole in the roof but along the line of the fortifications there seemed to be but one gigantic boiling of smoke and flames with continual spouting fountains of debris this inexplicable turmoil held his interest for a few moments 
then while he was wondering what it all meant an eleven-inch shell struck the church spire squarely about thirty feet below him the explosion almost stunned him the tip of the spire with the weathercock and the eagle still clinging to it went rocketing straight up into the air amid a stifling cloud of black smoke while the rest of the structure down to a dozen feet below the point of impact was blown to the four winds half stunned though he was the amazed bird kept his wits about him and clutched firmly to his flying perch till it reached the end of its flight and turned to fall then he spread his wings wide and let go the erratic mass of wood and metal dropped away and left him floating half blinded in the heart of the smoke cloud a couple of violent wing beats however carried him clear of the cloud and at once he shaped his course upwards as steeply as he could mount smitten with a sudden desire for the calm and the solitude which were associated in his memory with the uppermost deeps of air the fire from the city batteries had just now slackened for a little and the great bird's progress carried him through the higher shell zone without mishap in a moment or two he was far above those strange flocks which flew so straight and swift and made such incomprehensible noises in their flight presently too he was above the smoke the very last wisps of it having thinned off into the clear dry air he now began to find that he had come once more into his own peculiar realm the realm of the upper sky so high that as he thought no other living creature could approach him he arrested his ascent and began to circle slowly on still wings surveying the earth but now he received for the first time a shock hitherto the most astounding happenings had failed to startle him but now a pang of something very like fear shot through his stout heart a little to southward of the city he saw a vast pale yellow elongated form rising swiftly without any visible effort straight into the sky had he ever seen a sausage he would have thought that this yellow monster was shaped like one certain fine cords descended from it reaching all the way to the earth and below its middle hung a basket with a man in it it rose to a height some hundreds of feet beyond the level on which the eagle had been feeling himself supreme then it came to rest and hung there swaying slowly in the mild wind his apprehension speedily giving away to injured pride the eagle flew upwards in short steep spirals as fast as his wings could drive him not till he could once more look down upon the fat back of the glistening yellow monster did he regain his mood of unruffled calm but he regained it only to have it stripped from him a minute later with tenfold lack of ceremony far above him so high that even his undaunted wings could never venture thither he heard a fierce and terrible humming sound he saw something like a colossal bird or rather it was more suggestive of a dragonfly than a bird speeding towards him with never a single beat of its vast pale wings its speed was appalling the eagle was afraid but not with any foolish panic he knew that even as a sparrow would be to him so would he be to this unheard-of sovereign of the skies therefore it was possible the sovereign of the skies would ignore him and seek a more worthy opponent yes it was heading towards the giant sausage and the sausage plainly had no stomach for the encounter 
it seemed to shrink suddenly and with sickening lurches it began to descend as if strong hands were tugging upon the cords which anchored it to earth the eagle winged off modestly to one side but not far enough to miss anything of the stupendous encounter which he felt was coming here at last were events of a strangeness and a terror to move even his cool spirit out of its indifference now the giant insect was near enough for the eagle to mark that it had eyes on the undersides of its wings immense round coloured eyes of red and white and blue its shattering hum shook the eagle's nerves steady and seasoned though they were slanting slightly downwards it darted straight toward the sausage which was now wallowing fatly in its convulsive efforts to descend at the same time the eagle caught sight of another of the giant birds or insects somewhat different in shape and colour from the first darting up from the opposite direction was it too he wondered coming to attack the terrified sausage or to defend it before he could find an answer to this exciting question the first monster had arrived directly above the sausage and was circling over it at some height glaring down upon it with those great staring eyes of its wings something struck the sausage fairly in the back instantly with a tremendous windy roar the sausage vanished in a sheet of flame the monster far above it rocked and plunged in the uprush of tormented air the waves of which reached even to where the eagle hung poised and forced him to flap violently in order to keep his balance against them a few moments later the second monster arrived the eagle saw at once that the two were enemies the first dived headlong at the second spitting fire with a loud and dreadful rap rap rapping noise from its strange blunt muzzle the two circled around each other and over and under each other at a speed which made even the eagle dizzy with amazement and he saw that it was something more deadly than fire which spurted from their blunt snouts for every now and then small things which travelled too fast for him to see twanged past him with a vicious note which he knew for the voice of death he edged discreetly farther away evidently this battle of the giants was dangerous to spectators his curiosity was beginning to get sated he was on the point of leaving the danger area altogether when the dreadful duel came suddenly to an end he saw the second monster plunge drunkenly in wild ungoverned lurches and then drop head first down 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 straight as a stone till it crashed into the earth and instantly burst into flame he saw the great still eyes of the victor staring down inscrutably upon the wreck of its foe then he saw it whirl sharply tilting its rigid wings at so steep an angle that it almost seemed about to overturn and dart away again in the direction from which it had come he saw the reason for this swift departure a flock of six more monsters of the breed of the one just slain came sweeping up from the south to take vengeance for their comrade's defeat the eagle had no mind to await them he had had enough of wonders and the call in his heart had suddenly grown clear and intelligible mounting still upward till he felt the air growing thin beneath his wing-beats he headed northwards as fast as he could fly 
he had no more interest now in the amazing panorama which unrolled beneath him in the thundering and screaming flights of shell which sped past in the lower strata of the air he was intent only upon gaining the wild solitudes of which he dreamed he marked others of the monsters which he so dreaded journeying sometimes alone sometimes in flocks but always with the same implacable directness of flight always with that angry and menacing hum which of all the sounds he had ever heard alone had power to shake his bold heart he noticed that sometimes the sky all about these monsters would be filled with sudden bursts of fleecy clouds looking soft as wool and once he saw one of these apparently harmless clouds burst full on the nose of one of the monsters which instantly flew apart and went hurtling down to earth in revolving fragments but he was no longer curious he gave them all as wide a berth as possible and sped on without delaying to note their triumphs or their defeats at last the earth grew green again below him the monsters the smoke the shells the flames the thunders were gradually left behind and far ahead at last he saw the sea flashing gold and sapphire beneath the summer sun soon for he flew swiftly it was almost beneath him his heart exulted at the sight then across that stretch of gleaming tide he saw a dim line of cliffs white cliffs such cliffs as he desired but at this point when he was so near his goal that fate which had always loved to juggle with him decided to show him a new one of her tricks two more monsters appeared diving steeply from the blue above him one was pursuing the other quite near him the pursuer overtook its quarry and the two spat fire at each other with that strident rap rap rapping sound which he so disliked he swerved as wide as possible from the path of their terrible combat and paid no heed to its outcome but as he fled something struck him near the tip of his left wing the shock went through him like a needle of ice or fire and he dropped leaving a little cloud of feathers in the air above to settle slowly after him he turned once completely over as he fell but presently with terrific effort he succeeded in regaining a partial balance he could no longer fully support himself still less continue his direct flight but he managed to keep on an even keel and to delay his fall he knew that to drop into the sea below him was certain death but he had marked that the sea was dotted with peculiar-looking ships long narrow dark ships which travelled furiously vomiting black smoke and carrying a white mass of foam in their teeth supporting himself with the last ounce of his strength till one of these rushing ships was just about to pass below him he let himself drop and landed sprawling on the deck half stunned though he was he recovered himself almost instantly clawed up to his feet steadied himself with one outstretched wing against the pitching of the deck and defied with hard undaunted eye and threatening beak a tall figure in blue white-capped and gold-braided which stood smiling down upon him by jove exclaimed sub-lieutenant james smith here's luck uncle sam's own chicken which he sent us as a mascot till his ships can get over and take a hand in the game with us delighted to see you old bird you've come to the right spot you have 
and we'll do the best we can to make you comfortable. End of story two.